Field Talk 1041 and a good Monday morning, everyone. Ooh, a slight chance of snow today. A look at that first alert forecast coming up. Uh, deer season is underway, and with that, with quick draw gun, excuse me, we are doing uh, once again. Show us your best shot, and I know so many of you are on uh, social media, and I see, I've seen over the, the last couple of days uh, your best shot and posting of the photos, and so submit those at ksgf.com, and uh, we will randomly pick one of the submissions, and if it's you, then you're going to get a $500 gift certificate for Quick Draw Gun. Just go to ksgf.com in order to participate in that. So uh, there's still some, well, still don't know who controls the house. A week later, a week later, the Senate, Republicans managed to not get control of that. And heck, at this rate, Democrats may actually pick up a seat. A lot of... uh, Finger-pointing, of course, what happened, what happened, what happened. And while perhaps it's a cacophony of reasons, a lot of finger-pointing, there's one area that some are beginning to... I haven't heard any elected officials note this, but something for... Oh, my gosh. Pre-COVID... I, I was gravely concerned about, and that was early voting. I know many of you have heard me talk about this on and on. And then COVID came along, and you had a lot of Republicans for a number of different reasons given the pressure from Democrats and the media in order to make it easier to vote. And I've noted as we would... In the weeks leading up to the election, hear about the enthusiasm. Which side has the greatest enthusiasm? And and I noted this is an irrelevant point any longer. As long as we have a system in which activists can go around, harvesting ballots can, in some states, request absentee ballots for people that aren't even alive any longer. This is, it's no longer about enthusiasm. It's no longer, we've got two different types of elections going on. One that Republicans are running in, and then one that Democrats are running in. And there, there some folks are beginning to take notice. And in fact, uh, Fletch Daniels has a piece in American Thinker. With this obstacle in place, Republicans can't get the White House. It's done. It's over with. And and it, it highlights the difference in how Republicans focus on votes, getting votes. Democrats have been shifting to getting ballots, which are two totally different things. One is about convincing people to get out and vote based on ideas, based on the current uh, set of circumstances in the country, while the other is just figuring out how to get as many ballots as possible, gathering them up. And as long as that continues, just forget about it. And that ultimately, this is one of the the biggest problems, while you may have issues with candidates and whether they're weak or strong or so forth, that largely if Republicans 
in the current atmosphere. Do I mean they they they've done worse than a party traditionally does? Historically speaking, during this form of election cycle, this should have been an easy thing. When you you look at what we're facing on a day to day basis in this country, and the, it, it, there's something something going on here, and I think a lot of it lies within that. You know, we look at the red wave that did occur in Florida. Florida does not allow all of these 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 um, gateways to stuffing ballot boxes weeks and weeks in advance. It's not a coincidence. In Wisconsin, and there's another piece that I, I want to talk about where there was a very quiet, deliberate effort to clean up the voter rolls by citizens. And that could very well be, because of the success there, why Ron Johnson won re-election. Uh, I also want to give some opposing perspectives. Uh, One is a piece regarding just the total absolute failure of leadership in the Republican Party. Another one is blaming it on Trump. It's an Ann Coulter piece, and it's going to be very difficult for a lot of people to hear. (laughs) Ann Coulter, who, of course, was a tremendous supporter of Trump, she was laughed at on Real Time with uh, Bill Maher when uh, she was asked early, early on, who's going to be the next president, who's going to be the Republican nominee. She said, oh, Donald Trump, and they, they laughed. She was a tremendous supporter of his and went very sour. Uh, And more and more Republicans, including Josh Hawley, Eric Schmidt, Marco Rubio and others, are are saying we have got to get new leadership. Mitch McConnell, we've got to take care of that problem, though he probably will be protected. Springfield's Talk 104.1. Let's get Jason Ryman with the latest news update. A new library has opened in Monette. The Barry Lawrence County Library District says that $6 million, 20,000 square foot building is located down the street from the high school and the new middle school. It includes areas for teens and children, a kitchen for demonstrations, and a drive through window. The Highway Patrol investigating a deadly crash south of Humansville. Troopers say a driver, or rather a vehicle driven by 29-year-old Faith Ryan from Flemington, ran off the road and rolled over near East 330th Road. Ryan had three children with her. One died at the hospital. Two others suffered minor injuries. Ryan had moderate injuries. Some Springfield High School students will get a chance to earn their private pilot's license soon thanks to a new program with OTC. Fly SPS is a half-day program to let students earn their license in two years. To begin with, two students from each high school will get a chance to fly through a random lottery drawing. We have more information about that program at ksgf.com. I'm Jason Rima, Springfield Stock 1041. First alert forecast, cloudy, slight chance of afternoon showers and snow today with a high of 46. Wind chill 18. Uh, tonight, less than an inch of rain and snow, low of 30. Mostly cloudy, 40 tomorrow, 36 on Wednesday. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. In what should be an embarrassment before the rest of the world in nearly a week since election day and we still don't know for sure the balance of power in capitol hill we, I mean, 
there are states like Florida that's back in 2000 recognized serious issues and decided to fix it. Other states, however, not only do not learn from mistakes, though I, I would argue they're not mistakes. This is very deliberate. We know how things go when they get drug out. They never go in the. They never go to favor Republicans. Now Alaska is expected to remain in Republican hands because they had the brilliant idea of this rank voting system. So God knows how long that's going to take. But nonetheless, it, it'll either be Murkowski, whom Mitch McConnell poured millions of dollars to try to save against the non-establishment Republican candidate. Georgia up in the air, runoff there. Fletch Daniels has a piece in American Thinker I wanted to share with you because it it, it is a problem that was foreseeable. I believe the terminology I used oftentimes in the past to describe what Republicans were doing in working with Democrats on on the ease of early voting, among other things, is political suicide. And this was well before COVID even began. And I fear they're going to just continue to ignore it. He writes, surveying the wreckage of the disappointing Republican midterm, voters were left scratching their heads trying to figure out what went wrong. With the fundamentals being as bad as they were this year, Republicans underperformed expectations. And it was fairly obvious that they would experience no red wave by early in the evening on election night. While I've seen plenty of postmortems already, the single biggest issue that wrecked the wave was mail-in voting combined with ballot harvesting, which all but eliminated Republican hopes in states where Democrats control the voting rules. This is why Senate polls were so wrong in these states. The two states where the impact was most obvious were Pennsylvania and Michigan, but it snuffed out real Republican chances all over the map in states where the Democrats control voting laws. Pennsylvania literally elected a dead man, and I'm not even talking about the pro-crime radical with such severe brain damage that he can't form a coherent sentence. With two of our kids having gone to college in Michigan, we spend a fair amount of time visiting there. As near as I can tell, the only Michigan residents who actually like Gretchen Whitmer are in her immediate family. And yet she easily beat out an impressive Republican candidate. In a fair election, Tudor Dixon wins that race easily. But that's the point. These aren't fair elections. They are rigged. And even great candidates taking on miserable ones go down in flames. The lone bright spot out of Michigan was John James winning Michigan's 10th. James Carvel said his party would have lost 57 seats but was saved by Donald Trump. That's nonsense. They were saved by mass mail-in voting and ballot harvesting. That is the fundamental difference between today and 2010 when Republicans won 63 seats during Obama's first midterm. The other narrative that's being tossed around is that Republicans had poor candidates. Again, this is to be expected since many people are using the election to attack former President Trump, but it's a foolish take. You will never have perfect candidates in every race, but across the board, Republican candidates were far superior to those the Democrats put up with only a couple of exceptions. I'm even skeptical of the claim I'm seeing bandied about that David McCormick could have won the Senate seat Pennsylvania, perhaps, but considering that there were enough ballots flooding the zone to elect the worst candidate in recent memory, I doubt it. The Democrats built a ballot collection machine in Pennsylvania that spit out a radical ogre who can't articulate a single intelligent thought. 
The Democrat media like to label Republican politicians as election deniers and ask them to swear filthy oaths declaring that they believe that all elections are fair and legitimate. But I'd be hard-pressed to find a single Republican who still believes that elections are fair since the lack of logic and common sense needed to believe such a proposition would likely make them either ostriches or Democrats. That's a crisis in and of itself, the kind of crisis that can lead to a horrible unraveling that nobody should want. Republicans used to joke about needing to win above the margin of fraud, which was generally accepted to be relatively small. But now the Democrats can flood the zone with ballots that they can collect over the course of weeks. That is now far too steep a hill to climb in all but the reddest areas. Every ballot they send out is easy to convert into a vote. It has taken states off the competitive map. Democrat officials mail out massive number of ballots to people who would never even bother to vote, and their operatives collect those ballots and run up the score. It effectively eliminates the concept of the low-propensity voters, since operatives see to it that all of the ballots are requested and rounded up. Within these ballot collection systems, there are no effective checks in place to stop voter fraud, and Democrats resist any attempt to apply any form of ID requirement. That's a feature of the system. It is meant to open the door to massive fraud that is virtually undetectable, considering how fast Pennsylvania was called. Does anyone really think they were validating those mail-in ballots? Throw them all in together, count them, both the good and the bad. That's the name of the game, and in close states, it's nearly foolproof. It is going to be very hard for Republicans to win back the White House with key states now being blocked. President Donald Trump shocked the world in 2016 by picking off Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. Using COVID as the excuse, Democrats have successfully rigged the system in those states so that it never happens again. I don't care who runs as a Republican in 2024. He will be hard-pressed to overcome the ballot harvesting in those states. The red wave crashed on Florida because that is not allowed. How many of the votes in Miami-Dade would have flipped had operatives pressured residents to hand over their ballots? Democrats are angry that they could not effectively manipulate the Florida elections. Anna Navarro made that clear enough when she accused DeSantis of gaming the system and creating an unlevel playing field, which in liberalese means that he shut down the cheating. The Republican state party in the ballot-collecting blue states needs to adjust to this new environment and start ballot-collecting itself. Entering Election Day, staring out of a pit is not a winning strategy. Or starting out in a pit, rather, is not a winning strategy. But that's not enough. They will never be able to out-Democrat the Democrats who are unbound by ethical considerations. Republicans need to go scorched earth in trying to overturn this grotesque practice, which is more reminiscent of authoritarian regimes that want to maintain the appearance of democracy. This brings back memories of the hapless Dan Rather listening to Saddam Hussein told him he got 100% of the vote with no pushback from the godfather of fake news. At the time, Hussein's top deputy, Azat Ibrahim, commented, quote, This is a unique manifestation of a democracy that is superior to all other forms of democracies. That's what power-mad Democrats have created in key states, a unique manifestation of democracy that produces results not much more believable than a Mideast dictator winning 100% of the vote, where winning is the only thing that matters. Republicans need to get mass mail-in ballots and ballot harvesting before the Supreme Court is part of a voter disenfranchisement case. That should be their end game because that is the heart of the issue. 
If Fetterman can win in Pennsylvania and Whitmer can win in Michigan, actual votes don't matter that much more in those states than they did in Iraq. Now is the time to go all in on a legal strategy. If Republicans wait until the start of the 2024 cycle, it will be too late. They should also hold hearings on voter integrity and flash a blazing light on the issue. This is also why it's so important that Carrie Lake wins Arizona, which unfortunately increasingly looks less and less likely. The Republicans desperately need smart and fearless communicators who can lead the charge on the issue and blast through the media's demagogic spin. While Republicans need to redouble efforts in opposing the Democrats' American last global agenda, they need to focus significant efforts on voting integrity. That means they need to go to war through every legal means possible to end mass mail-in voting while seeking to completely outlaw ballot harvesting. If they don't, history will keep repeating itself until America collapses under the weight of Democrat corruption. And I, for one, have absolutely no faith that Republicans will do that. Because they have accepted, as it's noted in that piece, to a degree, a certain level of voter fraud. They wrote it off as something that they can do nothing about. Which is one of the reasons why so many people aren't even aware that it has been occurring election cycle after election cycle in blue counties across this country. And it's one of the reasons why the media is able to write it off as conspiracy theory and, quote, without evidence, because it's something that Republicans for too long have just sat quietly and accepted as part of being a Republican. You just have to deal with it. But as it's noted here, it's, it's essentially legalizing what it is that Democrats have done illegally in order to rig some of these elections. And what is most likely going to occur is the moment any Republican brings it up that's an elected official, they will be accused of Jim Crow 3.0, they'll be accused of trying to disenfranchise voters, they'll be accused of being conspiracy theorists, and so they'll sit down, shut up, and then you and I will just be subject to the negative side effects. Now, there are a couple of other aspects of this, and there's a piece that really does do a good job of explaining it. But there are some areas that have fought back, and there's – I know I have a number of different pieces, but you've got out there establishment Republicans blaming Trump. You have a lot of Trump you know, camp people blaming establishment Republicans, and while clearly there are issues there, it is important that we look at these fundamental problems – that were so foreseeable, I've been talking about it for years. Springfield's Talk 104.1, I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. If you've already been out this morning or you will at some point and you notice that your car doesn't start, doesn't turn over as quickly as it has been, as the cold temperatures have an impact on your vehicle, uh, make sure you get it in A1 Custom Car Care, one of their three area locations. Have them make sure that your vehicle is ready to go for winter because the last thing that you want to do is when it's cold out or sleeting out or snowing out and it's still dark out and your car won't start and you have to call that unlucky person or text that unlucky person to come give you a jump start. Nobody wants that. You don't want that. And certainly the person who is the lucky recipient of that call or text does not want that. A1 Custom Car Care, all their area locations you can find under Nick's endorsements at KSGF.
You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast, cloudy, slight chance of afternoon showers, snow today, high of 46, wind chill of 18, less than an inch of uh, rain and snow overnight, down to 30, mostly cloudy, 40 tomorrow with wind chills of 26, 36 on Wednesday. Biden uh, meeting Xi Jinping and uh, all I, all I, or Xi Jinping and all I can think of. Is I mean, you know, with all of the money that Hunter Biden was getting out of China and the communications that we know about, and that, like, the, I mean, all the stuff that they have on Joe, on our president, you know, just the the little that we know from the laptop. You know, the Chinese government, I mean, the deals being done in China, of course the Chinese government knows about it. I just think of the, the amount of leverage. And I, I can't help but wonder if when they mention this leverage, they just bypass Biden because they probably recognize a threat doesn't work on someone who can't remember seven seconds prior. It would be quite exhausting trying to hold something over someone's head who has no memory from one day to the next. <laughs> can't keep things straight. Can't can't keep truth straight. Can't keep lies straight. So, you know, whom is it that they speak with? Uh, within the administration, uh, with whom do they say, hey, <laughs> just so you know, before you get too lippy about us on the world stage, let's not forget what we have. Some interesting conversations, I'm sure. I want to go back to this issue of ballots versus votes. And you and I need to recognize and understand the significance here. So we know what we're dealing with. And again, my fear is that the Republican Party is going to continue to ignore this. Because they just don't want to hassle with it. They don't want to be accused of voter suppression. And, and, and I'm talking largely on a national level. In the conservative treehouse, it's noted that as the political discussion centers on the 2022 wins and losses from the midterm election, one thing that stands out in similarity to the 2020 general election is the difference between ballots and votes. It appears in some states that this is the new normal, where votes... Were the focus, the Biden administration suffered losses. Where ballots were the focus, the Biden administration won. Now you may be saying to yourself, well, what's the difference between the two? This is what we're going to talk about here. Perhaps the two most reflective of ballots being more important than votes are Michigan and Pennsylvania. Despite negative polling, public opinion towards two specific candidates in those states, of course, Whitmer and Fetterman achieved victories. Whitmer and Fetterman were not campaigning for votes. That is old school. Instead, the machinery behind both candidates focused on the modern path. The Democrat machine in both states focused on ballot collection and ignored the irrelevant votes as cast. Since the advent of ballot-centric focus through mail-in and collective drop-off processes, 
Votes have become increasingly less valuable amid the organizers who wish to control election outcomes. As a direct and specific result, ballot collection has become the key to Democrat Party success. The effort to attain votes for candidates is now less important than the strategy of collecting the ballots. It should be emphasized. These are two distinctly different election systems. The system of ballot distribution and collection is far more susceptible to control than the traditional system of votes cast at precincts. A vote cannot be cast by a person who is no longer alive or no longer lives in the area. However, a ballot can be sent, completed, and returned regardless of the status of the initially attributed and or registered individual. While ballots and votes originate in two totally different processes, the end result of both ballots and votes weighing on the presented election outcome is identical. While initially the ballot form of election control was tested in uh, in deep blue states, Through the process of mail-in returns, under the guise of justification of expanded democracy, a useful tool for those who are vested in the distinction. I think we are now starting to see what happens on a national level when the process is expanded. The controversial 2020 election showed the result of making ballots the strategy for election success under the justification of COVID-19 mitigations. Mail-in ballots took center stage. Ballot harvesting by Democrat operations was one term for the outcome. Democrat Party officials and political activist groups knew how to exploit the opportunities within the new system of ballot distribution and collection. And when you combine that with a massive legal pressure campaign to accept any and all forms of ballots, well, you can see how they are dependent. Now that ballot collection has been shown to be a much more effective way to maintain political power, Democrats in a general sense are less focused on winning votes and more focused on just gathering ballots. When ballot organization becomes more important than vote winning, you modify your electoral campaign approach accordingly. It might sound simplistic, but inside the distinct difference between ballots and votes, you will find why refusing debates is a successful strategy. That's an excellent point. Uh, It it was clear with somebody like Fetterman why they desperately attempted as long as they could to avoid debates. But here you have, it's just such a perfect snapshot of all of this, Hobbs, Secretary of State, who is in control of the total vote debacle in Arizona, running to be governor against Carrie Lake. And she just flat out to refuse to debate. She's like, no, I'm not going to do it. Well, when you understand that your number one priority is not convincing people that you are the best path forward. When you don't have to make a case, why would you bother debating? What is the point? Now, you're going to have a built-in base. You're going to have the hardcore Democrats that are going to vote for you no matter what you do. Fetterman is a clear example of that, and I would argue that Hobbes is as well. So you already have that built-in base, and you just focus on gathering up as many ballots as you possibly can. And the further out, that this is, this is why they want two weeks, then four weeks, then six weeks. 
while Republicans are talking about getting out there and, and you're talking about getting out and, and vote turnout on that day that, and the focus on that, well, we've got to get out to vote, Democrats do that weeks in advance every day. Uh, when ballot or let's see, if you're trying to win votes, you could never fathom campaign success by refusing to debate an opponent. However, again, if your focus is centered around ballot collection, the debate is essentially irrelevant. It's time for voters to start seeing the difference between elections decided by ballots and elections decided by votes. Perhaps the 2022 midterm elections will awaken people to the two completely different electioneering systems. You can vote at any scale you want. However, when ballots are more important than votes, the election will always favor the former. Michigan and Pennsylvania voters are likely very unhappy, while Michigan and Pennsylvania ballot providers are smiling. If Democrats had to win individual votes to gain election success, they would be at a disadvantage. As long as Democrats only need to gather ballots, they have a path to winning elections. The process of electioneering are all modified accordingly. Campaigning, advertising, promoting, debating, handshaking, crowd attendance, and venues for rallies, along with physically meeting people and convincing them your worth, are only important if you're trying to win votes. Now think about this in retrospect. How unbelievable it has been for people, you just look at Biden and Trump. Trump had these massive rallies where tens of thousands of people would show up. Biden maybe a couple dozen during the campaign. Even some of these candidates, you would look at a Carrie Lake, who clearly is drumming up a tremendous amount of, uh, of support, and then Hobbs would show up. There'd be half a dozen people there, total lack of enthusiasm. The point here is that it's irrelevant when you approach it the way that the Democrats do. Crowd size doesn't matter. Enthusiasm doesn't matter. It's all the machinery. It's the mechanisms they have in place. Fortunately for Democrats, the piece continues, modern electioneering via ballot collection does not require those arcane efforts any longer. So, in the larger picture of what you now see in election, Democrats have stopped wasting time doing them. Republicans are running around trying to convince people and win votes. Meanwhile, who needs votes? Democrats have skipped all of that old-fashioned stuff and modified all of their electioneering systems to quietly and efficiently collect ballots. Yesterday, you saw the outcome. Of course, this was written last week. Now, I will note that at least in some states, Florida, for example, where there was a red wave, laws have been created to make it much, much more, much of that stuff is illegal. In Wisconsin, there was a very interesting, quiet movement that was taking place, and that is where election integrity activist began weeding out, finding, locating uh, individuals and addresses that didn't actually exist, essentially the, the, all of the framework to allow for this sort of process to take place. A Wisconsin voter integrity team found after reviewing scores of counties and localities that the number of ballots and votes cast lined up. Democrats know 
how many ballots they need and cast them during the forever campaign time in the name of phantoms. Phantoms are individuals that fake addresses, that they don't, they're not alive anymore, they don't live in the state. It's basically a ballot that is attached to, to nobody that is allowed to actually legally vote. Quiet, anonymous Wisconsin heroes, American thinker writes, working in small offices, virtually unfunded, proved how to collapse the ballot-gathering apparatus. For the ballot-gathering strategy to work, Democrats need tens of thousands of phantom addresses and voters. A few is not enough. Without tens of loose ballots tied to phantoms, the edifice comes crashing down. They also need Republicans to do nothing. The Wisconsin team proved in this election that adding even a small amount of friction, removing thousands of phantom names and identifying several hundred thousand incorrect addresses has a massive impact on the ballot-gathering system. The Wisconsin election heroes applied fractal programming technology funded by Mike Lindell. At a scale to find and challenge phantoms, the process is explained at omega4america.com. They went to scores of county registrars and challenged thousands of phantoms proof in hand. Quietly below the radar, they showed registrars whose job it is to deal with this sort of thing that Bill Jones was not a real person. They helped clean up addresses that were wrong, either typos or fake. Any one of those addresses was a landing pad for a loose ballot. On Election Day, the Wisconsin Democrats did not have enough phantoms or mail-in ballots to go around. Republican Senator, a Republican Senator, might have been saved through those actions. This is speaking of Ron Johnson. The good news of the now-permanent ballot-gathering strategy is that the Democrats need to keep voter rolls fat with the dead people living in UPS boxes and RV parks. They need to physically gather all of those floating ballots and vote them. Republicans have a different, less steep hill to climb. Keep voter rolls as clean as possible. Identify in advance where ballots will be mailed to addresses where nobody lives and shut those ballots down. For the Republicans, any friction injected into the ballot-gathering system has disproportionate benefit, so they have asymmetric advantage. Using fractal programming, the Wisconsin team showed the impact of introducing friction into the ballot-gathering system, even a little friction, and everything breaks down. That is leverage, and that leverage is with the good guys. The Fractal team is now working in about 26 states with a rollout to all states for 2024. Right now, Fractal analysis is provided by Mike Lindell and the Fractal team. It needs to go national, ejecting gravel into the Democrat ballot-gathering apparatus. And so what it may boil down to in the face of a vacuum of outrage from elected Republicans or the citizens taking matter into their own hands and trying to clean up that system as best as possible. Incidentally, Washington Examiner reporting missing ballots from four voting districts in New Jersey were found on Thursday. Ballots were found from three districts in Princeton, one in Robbinsville, which officials earlier said were lost after being shuttled from voting place to election board. Paper ballots had to be used after a software glitch rendered the Dominion electronic voting machines unusable. And so here, once again, and I, this is always just defied logic to me, how it is that you can lose ballots, and then, amazingly enough, oftentimes when most needed, they are found. Springfield's Talk 104.1. I'm Nick Reed. 
You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Couple new developments. All our building company, the Woodcrest in Ozark, and then the Woodvale. This is a new development underway. Should be completed around spring if you want to get a sense of what it is that uh, all our building company does. And before you know it, they'll have that brand new showroom floor open as well. You can follow them on social media to see that progress and to get further info. Aller Building Company, O-L-L-E-R. To give you a sense how important, how vital ballot gathering, not vote getting, but ballot gathering is for Democrats. Top Democrat lawyer, Mark Elias, he's one of the Hillary Clinton crew, threatens to sue over early voting in Georgia's Senate runoff. Founder of Democracy Docket took aim at the GOP-led administration arguing in its releasing incorrect, so he claims, information with a bulletin that says there cannot be voting on the Saturday after Thanksgiving because it's a state holiday. Claiming the GOP is desperate to suppress the vote. This is the route they always go. We want voting for two weeks. I don't think so. You're suppressing the vote. Fine. Okay. Two weeks. Well, we want it for four weeks now. I don't think so. Oh, you're suppressing the vote. Okay. So, so this it it's it's a threatening lawsuit over one day out of weeks of early voting that is allowed. According to state laws, it stands now. Early voting in Georgia is required to be open at least from November 28th through December 2nd. If the general election is certified by November 21st, as expected, some counties may begin early voting on the Tuesday and Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Voters will not be able to cast their ballots on Thanksgiving and, as that stands, or as it's stated in bulletin, uh, November 26th. Because of a voting law approved last year, the runoff will uh, only last four weeks compared to the nine-week runoff that Warnock won against uh, Kelly Loeffler in 2021. Georgians will get uh, only five weekdays, not weeks, five weekdays of early in-person voting. So the And I don't know who's correct here technically, whether or not you know, you've got the state of Georgia that's saying because of the holidays and the way things fall and the way that the law is set up, the Saturday after Thanksgiving is, is a day in which voting cannot take place. And you have Democrats suing to allow it. That tells you how important every single one of those days is to Democrats. This isn't about people being able to vote. This isn't about an inconvenience. This isn't about you know, people having to wait in line for hours on end, starving to death, of course, because you can't give them food while waiting to vote. This is about having as many days and even one day that they aren't able to capitalize off of, of, of this new ballot collecting instead of vote collecting. Is is extremely important to them every single day to the point that they're threatening to sue to get that extra day in there. That's how vital it is to them. I, these people really are playing a game that is completely unethical and has absolutely nothing to do with the integrity of an election. This is a party that successfully 
rigged Republican primaries pouring tens of millions of dollars in to get candidates in that they felt would be a bomb and would help them win. Nothing about what they campaign on is is result-oriented. Nothing is, hey, we have a brighter future. Look at the results that we've provided so far. It is toy around with the opposition primary, altering the outcome of what otherwise might be a more winnable or uh, a candidate that is more likely to win in the general election, and thereby putting Democrats at a di- or Republicans at a disadvantage, and then rig the rules so you can run around sending absentee ballots to empty lots, gathering them up by the armfuls, and stuffing ballot boxes with them. Which, as it was noted in one of the other pieces, this is why it doesn't matter how many people show up in a crowd. This is why they don't have to go glad hand. This is why they can openly say, no, I don't think I'm going to debate, because they're not in it to convince people to vote for them. They are in it to set up a system where it's it's like the, uh, let me tell you what it reminds me of, the visual, one of those big glass booths that have money in it, and you have 60 seconds of wind blowing around, and you're grabbing as many dollars as you possibly can, and any dollars that you can get in that period of time you get to keep, that's the game that Democrats are playing. Instead of dollar bills, they're ballots. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Coming up, more calls to outs. Mitch McConnell, some heavy hitters. Josh Hawley being one of them, though he's indicated this for some time. Marco Rubio uh, joining in with some others. Don't forget, though, it may be something you've already done in terms of Christmas lights, Ozark Outdoor Lighting, uh, your home lighting outdoor uh, both just totally massively improves the look of your home, but safety is such a big one as well in the middle of the night. And, you know, you got prowlers traipsing around, checking doors. If your house is uh, is washed with beautiful lighting, odds are they're going to pass by your home. Ozark Outdoor Lighting, you can find them at OzarkOutdoorServices.com, news in 60 seconds.